Hey everybody, welcome to Greenlight Reviews. We're going to talk about movies as we always do. My name is Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. And today, Ann, we're going to review a film called Prometheus. Okay. We got to start out by saying it was directed by Ridley Scott. Uh-huh. Ridley Scott has made some great movies in the past. Blade Runner, Alien, Gladiator. He's made some not-so-good ones. Let's see where this one falls. <laughs> the stars are Numi Rapace might remember her from the three Swedish film versions of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Michael Fassbender, who seems to be in a movie every week. Yes. Well, at least he's dressed in this one. That's for sure. Charlize Theron, one of my favorite actresses. Idris Elba, Guy Pearce, Logan Marshall Green, and Sean Harris. They play a space crew Mm -hmm. towards the end of the 21st century. They have gone off into space to explore, and really what they're trying to find out is what was the origin of mankind on Earth. Mm -hmm. And they think they're going to find this wonderful stuff out. They wind up on this very, very gray, rocky, awful, bleak, terrible-looking planet. And that's all I can say about the scenery, because the trouble is, Anne, that once they land on this planet very, very early in the film, they never leave it, and that's all we're going to see for the entire film. Mm Mm-hmm. Numi Rapace is the head scientist. Michael Fassbender mm-hmm. plays David. David is a robot. Yeah. Hard to play that. I feel sorry for him. Charlize Theron plays Meredith Vickers. Meredith Vickers owns this spacecraft and is financing this mission. Why, I don't know. She's not a very nice person. She's a cold cookie. Yes, she is. And that's all I can say about her. Idris Elba is, I think, the only person in this film that I related to at all. He plays Jenik, the captain of the film, and he doesn't go out wandering around. He stays on board the mm-hmm. ship, which I wish I had, too. Of course, what they find up here is not origins necessarily, but a lot of pretty scary monsters. Yawn. <laughs> Prometheus is not a whale of a movie. It's more like a beached whale of a movie. It's bloated, gasping, sick, overstuffed, heaving, and it's stuck. Stuck in the sand, just like a great big old whale. What are you trying to say, Anne? Well, that's my metaphor for the day. <laughs> Look, we're in Ridley Scott territory when we do a movie like this. He's very comfortable doing outer limits sci-fi. But this time around, he doesn't so much as deliver the goods. He kind of shoves them in your face, and then he runs for cover. Prometheus crams so many characters into a spaceship that no one really gets a good shot at movie stardom, if you will, from this script. I think Numi Rapace probably has the biggest role here. She does have one ick scene, I would call it, and it lives up to the pre-publicity. We're not going to go there, but it's properly yucky. But I didn't care much for the rest of the effects. I thought they were pretty average. I thought that what they missed in this movie was good, solid horror storytelling. And that's exactly what Alien was. It was a great horror story set in space. Absolutely, Anne. Here in Prometheus, what do they do? They saddle the characters with a lot of jeep ideas, and then these characters are forced to debate these issues about mortality and birth and life throughout the movie. And whenever they do, the arguments are strangely lifeless. They slow everything down. No one cares about any of the characters, nor do I care about their attitudes regarding these so-called monumental issues about life. What bothered me about this film the most is that there is so much of Alien that Ridley Scott has taken and refunneled 
world into this one. Numi Rapace spends probably the last one-third of this movie all by herself, mm -hmm. running around hysterically and fighting monsters while wearing just her underwear. Yeah. It really reminds you of Sigourney Weaver doing pretty much the same thing 30 years ago in Alien. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't stand this film, man. I was fighting to stay awake right from the beginning. All of a sudden, they're up there, and they're running into these ghastly monsters, and we don't know what they're doing there. This is a very silly enterprise. It really is. It's a dumb movie filled with really spectacularly stupid dialogue. I was surprised that the script was so disorganized. Why would these space scientists venture out in their space outfits, nose around these caves, crevices, and so on, and if they saw something that was odd, some foreign matter, they would pick it up? Yes. Now, doesn't anybody know that in space movies you don't pick up anything? Because if you do, chances are you're going to be compromised by whatever that foreign matter is. And then pretty soon, some awful monster is going to be lurking inside your body. Yes, and it's going to burst out of your stomach just like it does in this, just like it did in Alien. Yeah. It was so silly, this movie. It was so inane. It really was infuriating because I wanted a movie to be much better. I think we have seen very sophisticated sci-fi movies. Sure. This, unfortunately, is just not one of them. No, it is not. The 3D technical wizardry in this movie, I don't think it enhanced the action. Again, I think it was just icing on the cake, but it didn't really make the cake taste or look any better. It's another one of those 3D movies that they are forcing on us where every couple of minutes, rocks come flying into your face. It didn't excite me. I wasn't on the edge of my seat wondering what was going to happen next. When I discovered so many people are getting killed, I thought, ah, I know how this is going to end up because I knew who got top billing in the film. You were talking about not being able to identify with anybody except maybe the captain. I identified with the cold cookie Meredith Vickers, the Charlize Theron character, because throughout the movie, she keeps saying, I just want to get this spaceship launched and get it back home. I couldn't have agreed with her more. I wanted someone to launch me out of the theater, into the parking lot, and back to my cozy little house. I wanted this movie to be over. By the way, bad news for everybody, the film runs for 124 minutes. That's 123 minutes too long. Absolutely. Listen, I think this is about as entertaining as a grunge convention. And if grunge <laughs> is your thing and if you like it, you might dig this movie. Ridley Scott... I'm so sorry, but your Prometheus excursion gets a red light from me. And I'm sorry, Ridley, you can take that to the bank on any planet. Well, I'm going to have to agree with you on this one, Anne. I wanted it to be good. I was very entranced with Numi Rapace in the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo movies. I was anxious to see her carry this film all by herself. She disappears. I know. Everybody disappears. I got to say a few more things about Michael Fassbender. Now, he plays this robot, which means he doesn't have much emotion anyway. Three quarters of the way through the film, his head is ripped off. But the head continues to talk. The head lies there and gives instructions to people. Well, that was the funniest part of the movie. It really was. And if there was anything to laugh at in this movie, it was that. But it's not enough. A very disappointed red light from me. Two red lights for Prometheus. Oh, well, we're going to review another movie very, very soon. We hope you will come back at that time and join us. Until then, my name is Les Roberts. I'm Ann Elder. And Greenlight Reviews hopes you stay on this planet, hunt for something a lot more exciting than this, and have a great time the next time that you go to the movies. Hello. 
welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.